We've got to make sure that we're working with the principals. They know where the weak spots are within the campus. And so we got to make sure that we're engaging the right people to figure out where are we going to be able to address security challenges. Produced by Podcast Architects. We're here at Midwinter 2024, first episode with the path forward Evolve to Solve. I've got two special guests. Let me introduce Russ Johnson, CEO, True North Consulting, board member, Lorena ISD, and Joe. He said you gave him permission, so I just want that to be out there before. That's right, that's I right. did not break chain of command. It's a good day to be a leopard. <laughs> I got Willis ISD, Deputy Superintendent, friend, John Valiente joining us, and we're gonna get right into it. So the theme is we're gonna have some service providers to do great work around the state, and we're gonna kinda push back, needle them, and ask questions. Nothing is off the table, and Russ jumped at the opportunity to do this, and uh, I think he's gonna do just fine. But first, I wanna give Russ an opportunity to talk about True North, what it is you do, and who you serve. Yeah, so thanks for having us. I'm super excited to talk about not just what we do, but how we help make a difference, because that's really what it's about. You know, in our industry, technology and safety and security and audiovisual, Oftentimes it's like, it's about the stuff. And so when I started True North about 10 years ago, it's like, we gotta change the conversation. It can't be about the stuff, it's gotta be about the outcome. It's gotta be about the engagement, the, you know, the interaction with the kids. If we're not moving the needle based on actual school outcomes and goals, then what are we doing this for? And so we help districts plan, design, and make good acquisition decisions okay. when it comes to the millions of dollars that we're spending on technology and security. That makes a lot of sense. And I like that you're you're leaning into what are we actually doing with the kids? And, right. And John, I want your perspective. I mean, you've been a, a principal, you've worked at the high school. Uh, you know how important security is. From a perspective of a fast growth district like Willis, what are some of the things you're considering and, and thinking about as security continues to evolve? Well, I think and just some of the measures that have come out in the last legislative session with the film, the camera, um, you know, the, the fencing around different perimeters, and then you can never have enough cameras. So where are you going to put your financial resources in to get your bang for the buck? Yeah, yeah. Well, we need to be investing in counselors and SROs, but we still have to have those building envelope barriers. We need to make sure our doors are secure. We've got to make sure that we're working with the principals. They know where the weak spots are within mm -hmm. the campus. Yeah. And so we got to make sure that we're engaging the right people to figure out where are we going to you know, address security challenges. So my pushback would always be uh, when talking about security and, and when campuses are looking at their facilities, I, I always start with let me see your, your schedule. Let me see your master schedule first. Yeah. Let me see your duty schedule. Yeah. Let me see your, your staff, your FTEs, and, and thinking about, all right, are we efficient and are our gaps mitigated by how we do business on a daily basis, yeah. right? I mean, what do you think, John? I mean, you, I, you know master schedule very well. Do you feel like there's things that you can do with the master schedule? It's like, eh, let's start there. Or is it a combination of both security cameras, SROs? I think it's a combination of both, right? Um, especially with the master schedule, are you heavy or you light, you know, in the morning or in the afternoons? Um, when are your conference periods? When do you actually have 
real human beings monitoring the hallways, mm -hmm. you know, which is teachers or paraprofessionals. Yeah. Where do you have your administrators based? Are you a two-story campus where you have half your APs upstairs, half downstairs? Where are your counselors based? Sure. And not just that, but also the resource programs that you have for kids when you're talking about safety and security. Like, what is all the districts or the school's protocols, not just the cameras and the fancy technology. So it's a combination. Absolutely. Well, and I, and I would lean into what John is saying. You know, there's two people you should talk to when it comes to school safety. You should talk to someone that knows the technologies, someone like us, and then you should talk to the kids because if anybody knows where there's no coverage, it's them. Okay. And, you know, and so we spend so much time in silos talking, you know, and we need to talk to facilities. We need to talk to technology. We need to talk to the chief of police. We also got to be talking to kiddos yeah. and saying, where do you know we're weak when it comes to security? They'll tell you if you ask them. They'll tell, I mean, they're the most honest people in the building yeah. uh, by far. So, Russ, you're telling me that I, I need this, I need that. You know, we, we've got security issues here and there. And what if I say, hey, I don't have the people to man the cameras, right? The cameras are stationary. They're yeah. in office. I got to go look at pull film. It's all... It's, it's almost like an autopsy. We're, lo we're looking at the, and that's a horrible way to put it, but we're looking at it after the fact. Absolutely. How do you help us with that? So that's, that's, the, that's a truth that we have to acknowledge in, in public sector. Private sector, you go to Target, yeah. they got someone sitting up they there and they're watching everybody on aisle nine. And because, I mean, I try to take batteries, you know, but it's, <laughs> I'm just joking. I would never steal batteries. Toilet paper, man. No, uh, but Lorena <laughs> ISD, you're going to need a new board trustee. I know, right? And I'm running for re-election. Um, this isn't going to help. No, but in, in schools, we don't have someone that's watching the cameras. It's always forensically used. And so that's a whole nother dichotomy that we've got to just Solve unpack yeah. and that's why we got to make sure we're dealing with the principles and know where the problem areas are okay. so that when we do go back to see who threw the first punch you know who took you know Susie's purse that we've got good coverage but we're not going to watch we're not going to catch it when it's happening and that's the reality in public education let me ask you you guys work with construction or architectural firms prior to development or construction of a new building so you can give them that honest feedback and say hey you have a, a weak spot here for security do y'all do that prior absolutely okay. and so and it's, it's it's interesting because oftentimes they'll trivialize what we do and it's like okay we know we need to put a camera everywhere there's an exterior door we need to put a camera watching all the halls and it's like yeah so that's that's the basics Right. But we also have to understand the dynamics of the campus, the nuances, where programs are going to be, because, you know, wherever my ISS is or some of those special needs spaces or large open spaces, we've got to make sure that we're addressing that. But then we also have to come back after the contractor's done and do commissioning and make sure that we've got what we intended when it was designed on paper. And a lot of times that does not happen. A lot of times that does not happen. And they don't find out until it's too, too late. late. You have an incident and they say, why were we not watching that part of the school? What do you, John, I'm asking you, what, what do administrators need to help make the process more timely, more efficient and, and real time if possible that we don't currently have? And I'll just throw my idea out there. Like, would we not have an app that directly connects into to some type of camera, right? Where we can immediately click it on the phone and where you don't have to go back to have to, I don't know, but what, what do you think we need that's missing in the in the sector? 
I think that's a great piece where you could do 24-7 monitoring from your phone, right? Um, not that you have to have like a radar somewhere where somebody crosses where they're not supposed to be, but it, it's really like what you said, it's how accessible is it? We can have 100 million cameras, but like you said, we're not going to catch all, everything in action, right? Because the kids, yeah. they know where all the spider holes are at and they know where all the dead spots are at. So it's really just being able to have it on on our phones or on our iPads where we can see it 24 uh, seven. That's a great idea actually, Rick. Well, and one, I have of, a few. <laughs> and one of the things to lean into that is, and we're not there, but with AI and where the technology and the industry is heading, why can't you know, I build a baseline so during passing periods, I know what the traffic flow should look like. If the kids are moving at twice the pace, why can I not have some sort of notification that, hey, something's happening in the 400 hall because kids are moving faster and nobody's that excited about getting to geometry class. And so that's where the industry's headed. We're not there, but I like, like that. Thermal imaging, like when they're running in the blob. Well, it's all, yeah, it's, I mean, it's all just, it's just traffic flow. I was, you know? I was thinking more like your 40-yard your dash time. Like, so <laughs> yeah. kids are running, like, right. it, just go, it goes off, like they went out the door. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, we know what it looks like. So if there's a fight, at least when, when there was a fight when I was fighting, everybody wanted to gather around and see me get whooped. And so <laughs> when we see that sort of behavior and that sort of pattern, why can't we do something about that? And we don't have the technology quite yet. Okay. But that's where we're going. But that's where, even if I have it on my phone, I can stare at it all day. Yeah. But what if I got an alert and said, hey, there's something unusual happening in the, in the fourth grade hallway. And then, then you stare. And that goes back to your master scheduling. Like, where do you have your key teachers that have relationship with all kids, right? That the kids respect that they're not going to, that's not going to be, nothing's going to be created in that hallway. So you have them sure. spread out. Uh, where do you have your freshman kids located at? Where do you have your, you know, your special needs classes at? I think that's something that goes into master scheduling that sometimes is forgotten because we're just trying to put, teachers in a room and 32 kids in the room and and, and don't don't move miss smith from uh from her room because yeah. then that's it that creates it it would be calling uh uh mr johnson a uh, board member they move my room i mean real quick and <laughs> it's right. it's it's a it's a challenge just beyond the logistical i mean we're well aware of that but it's something that could be could definitely be done russ i want to ask you this what should we be doing that the private sector is doing so so first things I would first thing I would say um, is, as an industry, we've got to be tapping people on the shoulder for legislative advocacy. Okay. Because where private sector has a leg up is private sector's got the money. Yeah. And so especially with all of these changes and new requirements coming from the state, it's like okay, well I was going to spend a hundred thousand dollars on new cameras. Now I got to spend it on fencing yeah. because now. This is what the state says will make me safe, regardless if they've never stepped foot in the town of Lorena. So first thing is we've got to make sure we're advocating so that we've got enough money to do what we need to be doing. Um, and then secondly, we've got to make sure that we're not just throwing technology at the problem because there is a lot of AI out there. There's gunshot sensors, there's glass break sensors, there's you know trip wires, there's all sorts of stuff, but it's about prevention before forensics. And that's not a technology. You can't go buy that. That's where we've got to invest in training and PD and and yeah, having tough conversations with the community. So what you're telling us is it's habits. It hab yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. At the end of the day, it's just can we can we adjust our habits enough to to make it more safe? Yeah. You know, it's it's funny more when safe, I when I talk safe. to districts, it's like 
Um, I can bypass the millions of dollars you spent on door security with a tuba chapstick. Just stick it right in there, prop the door open, yeah. bypassed it. So what do we do about that? Because the technology didn't let us down, a human let us down. Well, that's, I mean, you can get into any school in, the, in America because the kids are nice kids for the most part. You, I mean, I walk we in. We train and, kids. If you uh, see an adult, you open, help the adult. Open the door. You open the yes, door. Yes, ma'am. No. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, John, this is what I want to throw out there to you. You have some beautiful campuses. You know, there's a lot of different beautiful campuses. And some, does the beauty of it, big windows everywhere, particularly elementaries, does that get in the way of how parents feel about safety? I think the more they hear about what the legislative action's coming out and then the awareness that we bring to them as a district. So we're going back right now and building another elementary here soon in, in the middle school. So we're using those same plans, but we're reformatting to where, yeah, the windows are gorgeous and the sun comes in, but you have an open library or you have too many windows and the filming, the cost of filming. So how can we go back and change that and make it more safe and secure for the students and in the classroom as well? You know, all the CSI with the, with the open glass and you can ride on it. It looks awesome. And it's, there's a place for that, sure. but we have to make sure that the building is safe and kids are safe if something ever happens first. Yeah. Go ahead. So I'm, I'm sensitive about this. Um, so we've got to acknowledge that school is still one of the safest places for kids to be. Right. That's what statistics and research shows. We also have to acknowledge that 43.8% of school shooting incidents are students that are currently enrolled in that campus. And so we've got to get past our fear of the outside because almost half of the instances, the threat is inside. Root cause, what's, yeah. the, what's the root? And so I want to be very careful that we don't you know, swing too far the other direction because we want kids to want to be at school because wanting to be there and having natural light and mental wellness, mm -hmm. that's how we help prevent something from, you know, triggering or building some sort of behavioral pattern. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree that there's a balance. I mean, I've worked with architects all over the country. I, I've seen some, some elaborate designs, so I know it can be done where you get to keep the feel and the welcoming, uh, you know, ambiance for parents and yeah. for students and still do a little bit more on the safe side. Absolutely. Um, all right, Russ, I got this question. So you're a board member and you provide to K-12. Mm -hmm. How do you draw the line? Like, how do you go in and you, you know the inside baseball to some mm -hmm. degree? Yeah. How do you kind of distinguish and, and put one hat on versus the other? Sure. So that's a great question. And that was kind of what made me want to be a board member because, you know, I speak at a lot of board mem uh, board meetings and in open and closed session. And it's like, there's so much that a, a lot of our communities, they don't understand the world of public education. And, and it was like, I know, I've been doing this for 30 years. It's like, I know how the sausage is made. Isn't that who we want to sit on the board? Or do we just want someone that was born there, graduated from there, is an eighth generation leopard? We need that because they have that, that cultural history, but we also need people on the board that understands funding and, and legislation right. and board policy and taking care of a superintendent so we don't lose them to another district or run them off because my kid didn't get to play football, you know, or whatever. And so, yeah, I think we need more people that work in this industry involved in their own hometown district. 
Uh, that's a great I point. I think we'd have stronger boards. That's a great point. More um, informed boards. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and more informed makes a better system for everybody because we're making decisions based on not only, you know, our, our beliefs in the community, but also what we have access to to make our, our school better, safer, and, and more impactful for yeah. students. And I just want to say, so I was married to a campus principal, and I think superintendent and campus principal, two hardest jobs in oh, public education. And so my hat's off for you guys for, you know, the tough work that you did and you're doing because you don't get to tell your side of the story when someone never. is like you're always turning the other cheek yeah always you you can all you can do is consume you can never say but that's absolutely and that's another reason why i wanted to be on the board because i'll be the loud mouth that'll say because I, I can say i don't get that feeling from you joe joe i don't <laughs> he's, he's quiet right yeah right? you never we, have to say our community ain't running off our superintendent unless something happens <laughs> then we will no absolutely Russ, any questions? This I'll give you an opportunity to ask the district any questions, like something you've always wanted to know and say, hey, why this, why that? So my big question that I like to know, just because I love to understand um, more about the people in this industry, what's your why for what you do? My why is I mean, going back to elementary, middle school and high school, it's that somebody actually believed in me and mm. said, hey, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. What, what do you mean? What am I going to do? And they were like, well, like, why are you invested in me? Like, you know, I just came to school. I did my, you know, mm. did my grades, did my classes, did mama work and, you know, had great attendance. And, and but nobody ever asked me like, what are you going to do? And uh, I had this one teacher and it's a, a couple of assistant principals that took a, I mean, they invested in me. And even when I went to university, they said, Hey, come back and sub for us. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And, uh, Came back and subbed. It's like, what's that pay? Yeah. I ain't doing that. <laughs> and uh, I was just, I caught the bug. I thought this is the best job ever. And like yeah. working with kids and working with kids, uh, you know, in some in, in some hard areas, but just giving them that hope, man, that's the best feeling. Man, I tell you. Yeah. So you had a champion and they just, yeah, yeah they changed your life. What was your why? And I, mean, and you, I mean, you're still, even though you're not a superintendent anymore, I mean, you're still, I mean, you're preaching from the trenches. Oh, well, I mean, this is, this is in a lot of ways better. Um, only got one boss instead of seven. No offense. No offense. <laughs> right, no, none taken. <laughs> um, but, you know, with Accenture, they let me run wild and build things that are innovative for school districts. Yeah. Right, whether that's the, on the facility side, whether that's on the programming side, whether it's on the tech side, mm -hmm. uh, we get to just have a, a, a whiteboard yeah. and say, make it happen. Yeah. Uh, and I've always been that way. And, and sometimes to my detriment as a superintendent of uh, being going too fast. Right. Um, mm. But the why is the same. It's because I didn't know who I was and what I wanted. And it took a teacher and a coach to say, mm. you can, I'm a first generation college student. Uh, only way I got to go to college was basketball scholarship. But none of that happens if I don't have people in my life say, hey, do this, push on this. Hey, you, maybe you got what it takes to be an administrator. Um, and if you don't have that, it's very, very difficult to make it. So every every job starts in the classroom, right? Yeah. Every career starts in the classroom. Absolutely. Every every billionaire CEO mogul starts in the classroom. You so, remember Spud Webb, right? I do remember Spud so Webb. So I'm that five foot six dude that won't dunk on you. <laughs> <laughs> Spud, Spud Webb, he did win the dunk contest. Yeah. So as as a board trustee. Yep. Your job is important. You, you don't get paid for that job, right? That is a selfless job that you do for the community uh, you know, that you serve. How do you squash the noise when it's going against the status quo or, you know, vice versa? When 
the district is pushing out some good information. The district is pushing out some good agendas and you have the naysayers. Like, how do you deal with that? So you have to have thick skin. And I'll tell you, so I moved three miles from Midway ISD to Lorena ISD because I've, I've wanted to be a board member, but I knew I didn't have the time to commit to a big district or a bigger district. And so I moved three miles and I had to run three times. And so, you know, the first time, um, you know, I ruffled some feathers and, and people were really harsh on social media. And so that kind of toughened me. I was already pretty thick okay. skinned. What did you ruffle feathers about? I'm curious now. <laughs> well, so if you can't tell, um, you know, I've got a big personality. And so I think the general theme was we don't need some outsider coming in and telling us what to do. Gotcha. Some big city folk, Lorena's fine. And it's like, come on, guys, I didn't come from Los Angeles. <laughs> I moved three miles on Spring Valley Road, you know, just across the district boundary. But that was a perception. Sure. And, and that's what is good about small rural Texas towns is we're very mother hen protective. And so now that I'm on the board, we're getting ready to call for a bond election. So we need a lot of things. Our bond capacity is here. Our needs are here. And we've got people that are like, well, let's do nothing. I'm like, so how does that help solve the problem doing nothing? Because right. guess what's going to happen if we do keep growing? We have to buy portables. How are you going to keep kids safe then? How are we going to keep kids engaged then? And so it's like, you just have to... Man, you gotta have your true north and stand firm, regardless of what they say. And you gotta be willing to go door to door, educating people. But if you're not if you're not willing to do the work, don't get on the board. Great answer. So, what, what advice would you give to first year soup or uh, an incoming soup or anything like that? What are what are some of the pieces of wisdom you'd say? Hey, do this, don't do this. Yeah. So. Almost, almost the same thing as a board member. It's like, find your true north, stand firm. You know, don't let the noise drown out what you know you need to do. Because yeah. it's, it's a pendulum. You know, the noise that you're hearing today will be different from the noise that you're hearing next year. And it's a reason why superintendent tenure is like two and a half years at a school district. And so it's like, man, just, just flip and dig in. And if the board gets rid of you, the board gets rid of you. But hey, don't, I'm don't, a prime example. Don't, prime com example. don't compromise. Because as soon as you compromise, it's like, well, then what are you doing anymore? Exactly. Why are you even doing it? Right. Go to private sector if you're going to compromise. Because we all compromise the private sector. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. But it's like, you got to believe in our industry. Because every one of them's overworked. Every one of them's underpaid. And, you know, it's like when my wife got her doctor, she got a $500 raise. I'm like... Wait, why don't we spend sixty thousand dollars? You got to live to be three hundred and fifty for us to break even. <laughs> it's for the love of knowledge. It is, but it's like, it's hard work. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, and, and it, it will test your ethics and, and your your beliefs and your morals, and it will test what should I do in in, in the time of crisis, right? And if you don't yeah. know who you are, it's easy to get lost uh, in, in the shuffle. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, right now is the toughest time to be a superintendent oh, because you don't have the same talent pool Ew. to pull from. And so you may be having to hire a special ed teacher that you wouldn't hire four years ago because that's the only one that's available. And you can't not have a special ed teacher. And I'm not 
I'm not digging on anybody, but we've had, because it's gotten so tough on educators, we don't have the same numbers. Right. We've lost too many good people, and until we get out there and remind people why this is such a good industry, that's why it's like when, when Abbott's talking about vouchers, and it's like private school does so much better, Different, different environment, yeah. different set of rules. Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's let nine, us pay nine, our teachers better. Nine day, and let's open up the dad gum industry. Make me mad. I get fired up. <laughs> Makes me mad. Uh, I, I bet Joe. I, I wish I got to get you on the show just to hear all of what he's saying, so you can tell me how those board meetings go. Uh, with oh my Russ. god! Well, and then the community that's like, why are we paying the superintendent one hundred fifty thousand dollars? Like, that's the CEO of probably yeah. the largest employer in the city. How much you want to pay the largest the CEO for the largest employer in the yeah. city? How much you want to pay them? Pay, start paying that person 50000 and see where, where that gets you. And, and the, what, what boards do not understand, talent costs in the yes. public sector, in the private sector. You want somebody that's talented, you have to pay them. Because guess what? Talented people can go do anything, anywhere. There is a, a vacuum of talent right now. Yeah. And everybody's looking for it. Yeah. And everybody's paying top dollar. Yeah. And if you won't, somebody else will. A hundred percent of the time. Absolutely. So I got a lot of friends that are board members and tell them, and they, hey, you know, they want this. Like, well, do you have somebody better? Have you had anybody better? Pay them what they are worth. Yeah. Pay them what they're worth. Yeah. You know? If you don't complain, then you need to get into the damn system. So that way you've got a platform to complain. Because if you're on the outside looking in, don't yeah. be complaining. Absolutely. Well, Bruss. Thank now you I'm for mad. Jumping. Now <laughs> I want to fight somebody. We need to find somebody my size or smaller for me to fight. <laughs> Man, you were the perfect guest. Uh, you jumped in. You're, you were great to kick us off, right? No fear, and uh, took some of the tough questions and really elaborated on on your belief system. And, I, and Lorena's in good hands, my friend. So, hey, Russ, before we go, any social media, any website, anything you want to shout out for Lorena or True North Consulting? Yeah, so you can find us on MySpace, um, AOL, um, Prodigy. Hotmail. Yeah, we've got a bulletin board system set up. Now, so we're on all the socials. Um, so just look us up, True North CG. Um, yeah, and you'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, all of them, uh, or TNCG.com online for True North Consulting Group. People will be like, what's that stand for? I'm like, True North Consulting Group.com. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate you. If you like the show today, please hit that subscribe, hit that like, share with your friends. We're going to have great guests on all through this event. It's Evolve to Solve. Produced by Podcast Architects.